More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday. We are rolling through with the Clay and Buck Show. Encourage you to subscribe on podcast. We're joined now by Senator and Dr. Rand Paul from the great state of Kentucky, where, by the way, they managed to get a 10th win in the bowl game. Under Coach Mark Stoops, nice win over Iowa. I'm sorry, Hawkeye fans. We bring in now Senator Paul. And Senator, congratulations on your announcement that you're going to be running for another term. I know many people in the state of Kentucky are excited about that. Was it a tough decision for you? How much time did you spend making this choice? You know, the hard part for me has always been deciding for my first love. Well, actually, my first love is my wife, but my second love would be medicine. And uh, so, you know, between continuing to do eye surgery, I, I'm able to do a little bit on the side, you know, pro bono or free eye surgery, but I can't really own or have a practice. And so, you know, the decision to stay out of that, uh, you know, for another six years is a big decision that weighs on me. But uh, I figure that I'm going to continue to try to do charitable uh, surgery when I can and combine the two. I also look at it this way. If, if I'm not up here, I think people will give Fauci a pass. You know, I mean, if I'm not up here to point out that he covered up where the origin of the virus was, I don't know who will. Now, if I'm not up here to talk about gain-of-function research, um, the idea that they're reducing these, these viruses up to make super viruses, if we win in 2022, I could well be a chairman of a committee that's able to subpoena Fauci and his records, bring him forward, and I'll do that. And I, I think that sometimes, even when we have Republicans we think we like, sometimes they don't have the guts to bring people forward and force them to produce records. But I feel strongly that if this virus came from that lab, by golly, we ought to never let this happen again. I don't think anybody's done a damn thing to prevent this from happening again. Senator and Dr. Paul, thanks for being with us as always. You see these case numbers, uh, all-time records, I mean, which honestly, even for those of us who thought that we were going to be in for a somewhat rough winter, the fact of the matter is when you're setting all-time records 
even including where we were before there were any vaccines, before we knew very much at all about this virus, it's pretty stunning for folks, uh, particularly those of us who are in places that are hard hit, uh, like the Northeastern Corridor. It feels like there is no uh, no honesty nor any humility from the public health apparatus at the federal level, in particular in this country, about what has to be viewed as a failure. I mean, is this not a failure of many of the policies like vaccine mandates, for example, that we've seen? I think we should uh, gain and learn humility. The fact that even in the era of modern medicine, we can't completely control the outcome of viral pandemics. And right now we have very little control over Omicron. We are much better at treating it. We're saving a lot more lives and the death rate and the mortality has gone way down with this. There are many that are predicting that this is now the transformation of a deadly flu into a more common cold. We have four coronaviruses that make up 20% of the common colds. There are many people, many, many scientists now that this will become the fifth one and that maybe Omicron is a blessing in disguise that having 500,000 people get it, or you're simply conferring immunity to the vast majority of them, and it does help. It helps with immunity to the more serious cases, too. So if you get Omicron, a much less serious disease, it will give you immunity to Delta and also to the original wild type as well. So this is a way of sort of getting nature's booster or nature's vaccine. Now, we're going to know more in about two or three weeks because we'll be past the rising cases and we'll see what the death rate does. But in other countries, it looks like the death rate has not risen like previous waves and that we're getting a lot of immunity without the death rate, which would be good for all of us. Senator, what should we do to China over their failure to share basic, honest data with us, over their lies, over their continued cover-ups? I'm fired up the, the fact that we're even going to the Winter Olympics and that we're sending our athletes to Beijing almost feels like bending the knee to China in many ways. And I understand it from an Olympics perspective. Uh, I, it's frustrating because I don't feel like we have great options. What should we do? What would a Republican-controlled Senate, in your mind, and a Republican-controlled House be able to do going forward? You mentioned hearings. But what should the consequences to China be from their behavior associated with COVID? Number one, don't send them another penny for any reasons. Don't send them any kind of scientific uh, equipment, technology, but do not fund their research where they're still doing the same kind of research. And they're also militarizing some of this. None of this should be shared with them and none of it should be sent to them. In every international forum we're in, we shouldn't allow any international forums to send them money as well. If they're in an international forum, we should gang up with all of the other countries and say, you want to be in the WHO, you want to be in the World Trade Organization, you want to be in the United Nations, you're going to have to give an explaining. There will be a reckoning over what happened here, and you will have to produce this information. Because all of the scientific information now shows that in all likelihood this came from the lab. They tested 80,000 animals. They couldn't find any animals with COVID. They tested the blood of 9,000 Chinese folks from Wuhan from 2019, and none of them had COVID. And you would expect if this were coming on and it came from animals, it would have had to have developed gradually over several months. When this thing showed up, it showed up with this enormous blip in sort of December, January, indicating that this thing probably came straight from the lab. So, yes, they should be punished. The first thing, the one thing we can control is no more money. I introduced an amendment 
two months ago now, it passed overwhelmingly in the Senate to say no more funding to the Wuhan lab. But Nancy Pelosi's blocked the legislation in the House, and it sits idly there. I think they'll try to strip it also in conference committee if they ever pass the bill that it was on. But we shouldn't give them any money. We should ostracize them. We should condemn what they did. But the bottom line is we should be having international, if not national, conversations about should any government be funding gain-of-function research. There are many, many prominent scientists who are not partisans. Some of them have privately said, well, we really don't like Republicans, and we really don't like you, but... On this gain of function, we're absolutely with you. There need to be more government uh, regulations as far as can government money go to funding where we create viruses that don't exist in nature that could end up killing half of the world. This, this virus had a 1% mortality in the end. That's a lot of people. What if this virus had had 15% or 50% and the Democrats have not allowed one investigative hearing on this? If and when I'm chairman of a committee in 2022, we'll subpoena all of Fauci's records, we'll subpoena him under oath, and we will subpoena all of his assistants and associates under oath. We will get to the bottom of this. I fully think that there was a cover-up, that he was, he was scared to death when this thing came out, and that he and his assistants and all of his colleagues, they, they, they gathered and circled their wagons to try to prevent any information to come out. We now know that he and Dr. Collins immediately attacked other epidemiologists who disagreed with them in an organized way, plotted with other government officials to condemn the great uh, Barrington Declaration, which simply said that we should try our best to get and save those who are most vulnerable, the elderly, from this. Speaking of Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, Senator, where do we go from here? I think for a lot of people who are in states that have taken a more fact and reason-based posture for a long time now. Maybe it feels like the the status quo is pretty sustainable. In some of the bluer states, it feels like we're entering the mania all over again. What happens now? When when do you think the, the tide finally turns such that people no longer will give up their basic liberties and allow for this autocratic nonsense to continue with all these measures, all these mitigations, as Fauci calls them. I think the tide has turned. I I saw a clip on CNN the other day, and I don't recommend watching unless you have, like, anti-emetics or something, but I watched it for a couple of minutes, and I saw a woman on there who's been terrible on everything. She's an infectious disease doctor, and she's been terrible on everything. And she admitted on CNN, of all places, that wearing a cloth mask is just wearing facial decoration. So when on CNN they begin to admit that we were sold a bill of goods on these cloth masks, then I think it's beginning to turn that maybe even the left wing will tire, particularly wearing a mask that doesn't have any uh, anti-infectious value. The cloth masks have absolutely no value other than theater, and even CNN's now admitting that. So I think it is starting to turn. You're getting many, many doctors from many, many different viewpoints who now are not afraid of Fauci are coming out and they're saying, guess what? This lessening of lethality of Omicron and the increased transmissibility may end up being nature's form of a vaccine. It may be now that everybody gets Omicron and it becomes uh, another one of the cold viruses. And that's what our hope is. And we should be optimistic because then we can quit doing the lockdowns. But the only way to get rid of the lockdowns You have to quit testing people who don't have any symptoms. This is the first time in the history of modern medicine we've tested people without symptoms. 
We need to quit testing prophylactically the whole world because what we're finding is it, it ramifies out and we're getting people who aren't sick. We're shutting them down, quarantining them, and you can't even get a plane anymore because half the crew's gone. They're not sick. They have no symptoms, but they've been in some kind of mandatory testing program, and it's, it's going to eventually shut down the whole economy. Senator Paul, are you worried at all about the idea of boosters being required uh, for, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking about in Israel, I'm sure you've seen, they're starting on a fourth shot now, a second booster. What would you advise people as it comes to boosters? And are you concerned at all? We were talking about this earlier on the show about a waning efficacy if you continue to give people shots for COVID and what that might mean into the future. If you're uh, over 65 or have some health problems or you're overweight at almost any age, probably the booster is not an unreasonable thing. I don't think the proof is con- is entirely there that the first two shots might not be enough for you because really what we're doing is reducing significant hospitalization and death. Now, some people say, oh, well, their antibodies are low. Well, your antibodies are only part of the immune system. You also have B memory cells and T memory cells. And there's a host of cells who come together through the immune system to attack viruses. What we do know is that the people who have been vaccinated can catch it again. And even people like myself who have been infected can catch it again. But you have pre-existing immunity now. So the facts are, and this is something the CDC should reveal, is the secondary infections are very, very mild. What I'd like to know is if there are tens of thousands of people like me who haven't been vaccinated but had the disease, are any of them going to the hospital? Are any of them dying? What percentage of them are? Isn't it extraordinary the CDC does not release any information on natural immunity? They're really not releasing even the information on reinfections of those who are vaccinated. Are they hospitalized? Are they dying? Is it a very small percentage? Is it one in a million? Or is it one in a hundred? I mean, wouldn't we want to know all of these things before we decide to boost the whole world? But with boosting of teenagers, particularly teenage males, I think it's malpractice. I would, uh, if you were thinking about it with your teenage male son, I would get them tested for antibodies to see if they've already had the disease. If you want to vaccinate them, I would consider one vaccine. Most of the myocarditis has come from Moderna. 90% of the myocarditis has come with a second shot. So I think a booster would probably be malpractice for a 15-year-old boy. But schools are requiring this. The idiocy of some of our top-ranked schools, Harvard's supposed to be this great school. We have to have perfect scores to get in. And they're requiring a booster for young males who, uh, in all all likelihood, have a greater risk now of myocarditis from a third booster than they do from getting the disease. So this is really bad, bad science. And I blame really Fauci for most of it because he's the top of the food chain. He directs it. He ignores the science. He's full of a lot of opinions and dictates, but he's ignored the science to the point of being malpracticed with uh, the advice that a young teenage male get a booster. That is absolute malpractice. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, sir, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have you heard of Scareware? Just like it sounds, it's an online scam. Cyber criminals place pop-up ads to get you to believe your computer has a security problem, and the fix is to purchase or download their software. That's when the cyber criminal can then gain access to your computer and steal your personal information every day. We put our information at risk on the Internet. In an instant, a cyber criminal could steal what's yours, sometimes even harm your finances, your credit, your reputation, 
Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity thieves, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your info that potentially has been compromised, they send you an alert and you have access to a dedicated restoration specialist. If you become a victim, Buck, how do you get hooked up? Look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But this is essential. You can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save 25% off your first year by using promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. Again, that's lifelock.com. Use promo code BUCK for 25% off. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. President Biden just finished up a live address to the nation a moment ago. We'll bring you some of the most important 
pieces of it, if there's really anything that can be said to be important from it, to be honest with you, not really, but there are a few things, some news items we'll get to. Bottom line is a lot of talk about testing, still saying it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. But one interesting, I mean, a few things that were worth noting. Uh, He said that if you are vaccinated, you're unlikely to get severe illness and die. He is no longer saying, at least not the same way, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to get sick because that's not true or that it's very rare. So just just I want everyone to take stock of this for a second. It was breakthrough cases are and I can't. Clay, do you remember what the figure was? It was like. One in fifteen, one in seventeen million. I feel like they were saying it was. It was. And that's that's not a hundred percent right, but it's some insane. We need the staff to yeah. look up the number that he kept citing. Like your odds of getting COVID. I think it was, it was one, one in like, like a million or seventeen thousand or something. It was like one in seventeen thousand a day. I think was what yes. he said, which is kind of a weird way to frame it. They did that intentionally, but the point is, they were telling you you basically wouldn't get it, and now they're like, well, you're probably going to get it actually, but you know, you're you're better off. Remember, this is a virus with a less than 1% fatality rate overall. Yes. So until we actually see what happens in the hospitals and what happens with the mortality data for the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, there's still some questions that need to be answered. Or I should say there's some final data we should look at on that. But, Clay, testing sites, they're going to send you home testing kits. How is that going to change the trajectory of this? Not, not at all. And Rand Paul was fantastic, by the way. But that's what Biden's big strategy is now. We're going to send 500 million tests out for free, right? They say for free for all this stuff. It's not free. Our tax dollars are paying for it. You just aren't being directly charged so you don't get itemized for buying all these tests. But, Buck, there's 330 some odd million people in the United States. The people who are most apprehensive and afraid of testing positive for COVID are not going to take one COVID test and be like, okay, I don't have it. They're going to take it every day. They're anxious. They're nervous. Again, I just, I thought Rand Paul was saying something really important there, which is unless you're deathly ill, just stay home, get healthy. The idea that testing is going to somehow give you uh, some sort of major peace of mind is not true. It's just not true. And Biden, and I think we need to hit on this, too, because you're really prescient, I think, in this. The word breakthrough is starting to vanish. Mm-hmm. Breakthrough and the breakthrough cases. Mm-hmm. Now it's just cases. And I think that's a pretty significant aspect to this as you start to break all that down. But what you got for us? Black Rifle Coffee is what I drink first thing every morning. This is an amazing veteran-owned, operated, and founded company. And the high-quality beans that they have shipped to my home regularly are my go-to seven days a week. It's how I kick off every day. It is fuel for the fight, fuel for freedom, friends. Black Rifle Coffee is amazing. They import these high-quality beans from Colombia and Brazil, but they do all the roasting here in Tennessee and Utah. They'll ship it to you. They're fantastic. Join the coffee club. You'll have your chosen brew roasted package and shipped free to your door on your schedule Plus, you'll get access to exclusive products, member-only content, partner discounts, and more. Purchase now at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the code Clay and Buck. Go to checkout. You'll get 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the code Clay and Buck. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We got a bunch of clips we're going to play you from Joe Biden, who just uh, addressed the nation. 
But I want to hit you with this news, too, that just came out a couple of minutes ago. I think, unfortunately, these are the canaries in the coal mines. We told you that Toronto was effectively shutting down. The province of Ontario was. Well, Stanford Athletics, and if you remember, some of the first places to shut down were in the world of sports and initially the Ivy League. Stanford Athletics just sent out this uh, this message, this email, uh, effective immediately, spectator attendance at all winter events will be temporarily reduced to a limited number of student-athlete families, while outdoor events will require social distancing and mask wearing for attendees. That is Stanford, one of the ostensibly smartest institutions in our nation, making a thoroughly illogical choice as it pertains to COVID. Uh, All right, with that in mind, uh, let's go through some of what Joe Biden had to say and react to it, Buck. Biden was talking here in the last 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, Let's first play cut 30. Joe Biden says, if you're vaccinated and boosted, you're highly protected. If you're unvaccinated, you should be alarmed. We have booster shots for the whole nation, okay? We, you can still get COVID, but it's highly unlikely, very unlikely that you become seriously ill. And we're seeing COVID-19 cases among vaccinated in workplaces across America, including here at the White House. But if you're vaccinated and boosted, you are highly protected. You know, be concerned about Omicron, but don't be alarmed. But if you're unvaccinated, you have some reason to be alarmed. Many of you will, uh, you know, uh, uh, you'll experience severe illness in many cases if you get COVID-19, if you're not vaccinated. Some will die, needlessly die. Unvaccinated are taking up hospital beds and crowding emergency rooms and intensive care units. That's just placing other people who need access to those hospitals. So please, please, please get vaccinated now. Let's be very clear about something. He is, and it's happening in real time. You're actually hearing the propaganda come out of his mouth. He is intentionally now conflating this perception of the unvaccinated and the unboosted. This is what you, you, you can hear it. He says, if you are vaccinated and boosted, you are very unlikely to be hospitalized or die from COVID. That's the reason he's saying that is because, as we know, the data reflects if you're just vaccinated, you're you're maybe still going to the hospital. I mean, you know, the, the, the numbers aren't nearly as strong. So what he's doing here is suggesting that essentially if you are not vaccinated and boosted, you are becoming part of the unvaccinated, unwashed masses, so to speak. This is what's happening in real time, because notice how he keeps throwing those two things together. We know from the UK data that just vaccination alone was not sufficient for 80 percent of the people dying. Correct. For people out there who missed the data there, this distinction between vaccinated and unvaccinated, I think you're right, talking about the booster element, 80 percent of the people dying in the UK were vaccinated. 
uh, in recent months. Like in January, 80% of the people, we had Senator Ron Johnson on talking about that. We had Alex Berenson on sharing that data, which doesn't get discussed about very much. And by the way, you just heard Rand Paul say our CDC doesn't even give us this data, right? They've yeah. done such an awful job of sharing that data. They, they don't want to keep it. But but you see what's happening now, the same way that you can tell there has been this this shift in the rhetoric away from breakthrough cases. Yeah. Now, as we've discussed, they don't even discuss breakthrough cases anymore because it's like all breakthrough cases pretty much now all over the place. So that's one aspect of it. But the other one is that soon you're seeing this transition. It's going to happen over the next 30 days. The unboosted are going to be treated like it's already happening in New York where there's a booster mandate, everybody, not just a vaccine mandate, a booster mandate on the books that's supposed to go into effect. Now, it'll take some weeks because first shot, et cetera, et cetera. But a, a, a cleavage is occurring right now from which if you are unwilling to go along with the booster program, they are going to start viewing you and treating you as just the, quote, unvaccinated even though millions and millions of people got the vaccine, so to speak, and don't want to get the booster, they'll be in the unvaxxed category soon based on the Biden regime approach. It's going to happen. You're going to be joining me because you got the Spirit Airlines Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which had almost no impact, but you don't want to get boosted. And there are millions of people out there, tens of millions based on the data, that listened and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go get the vaccine. I'm going to listen. I'm going to heed uh, all of this uh, instruction. And now a lot of those people, Buck, and we hear from them every day, are saying, wait a minute. I trusted you when you told me to get the vaccine. You told me everything would get back to normal. You told me that if I got the vaccine, I would neither get nor spread COVID, that that would end my danger as either a spreader or a uh, person who got it myself. And instead now... They are shifting that narrative to the vaccinated isn't enough. You've got to get yes. boosted. That's the reason and, why we're having an issue. And, and everyone should understand that we are now all gerbils on a wheel that Fauci keeps turning faster and faster because, OK, maybe maybe they make you submit in New York and some other places. Understand New York City. Now, I, I have no choice. You actually can't even go into employers now under New York law. As crazy as this is in the city, at least without being vaccinated. So there was going to be no choice. They weren't going to allow any choice in this. That's been clear all along. But if you don't keep up with the, this is what I mean by the gerbil or the hamster wheel, gerbils, hamster, same thing, right? They both do the wheel. If you don't keep up with whatever the booster schedule is, you then become a public health menace. You're part of the unvaxxed horde. And this is what some of us have been warning the country about for about six months. And and here's the question I have, Buck, and I think there's a lot of people out there listening who are in my similar uh, position. Like, I don't even know when I'm going to be able to go to New York City anymore, right? I mean, why would I travel to New York City? For people out there who don't know, I had COVID. I was, I, I've not ever gotten any of the vaccines. Now I'm going to be like three shots behind. I may end up being four shots behind soon. I'm not going to get the COVID vaccine. I mean, they're going to meet you. Like at the, they're going to meet you at the airport in hazmat suits, Clay. At this rate, right? But I mean, I, there are tons of people out there listening to us who are like me, who would have enjoyed going to New York City, have enjoyed going to Broadway plays, have enjoyed taking our kids to Central Park, have enjoyed the experience of taking a vacation in the summer uh, or in a school holiday setting in New York City, because that's a huge part of the overall New York experience is the number of tourists that would come up there. And not to mention that I could come up for work or whatever reason. 
I legitimately don't know. My wife was joking about this with me recently. She was saying, hey, we just got to get a map. And we're going to have to start crossing out states where you're not allowed to go, basically. And people have asked me, they're like, oh, you keep going down to Florida for vacation. And I say, yeah, because I can count on it. Because I know yeah. they're not going to shut down restaurants. They're not going right. to shut down flights. They're not going to do anything crazy. And, you know, yeah, it'd be nice to go to, you know, I, I had friends who were planning on going to uh, Europe for New Year's. Uh, yep. That didn't work out quite as well. All kinds of testing requirements and restrictions. But just also the anxiety. And this is this is the intangible for those of you listening who are not in a blue-dominated city or a blue state, I'm just telling you, you can't even begin to to get a sense, unless you've spent time in those places, of how much anxiety there is. It's palpable how everyone you walk around, not everybody, the people like me that are the unmasked bandits, but in general, people walking around completely freaked out. you got adults for a long time that were masking their kids and not masking themselves, this is is really a society that's like mentally imploding. I mean, that's what's actually happened in the blue states. And the the fallout from this is going to take a long time. There's a lot of couch sessions coming uh, up for people across America in the Democrat enclaves. No doubt, Buck. And look, I'm joking about it, but it's actually true. My wife and I were talking about, hey, where do we want to go on vacation this summer? And we were legitimately crossing out states. And I think the result, by the way, I've never been to Montana, big fan of the Yellowstone television show. I think Montana is going to get the Travis family tourist dollars where other states might have. Important question for you. I hear the prequel, and I've seen some of this uh, scuttlebutt online, the prequel for Yellowstone, some are saying better than the Yellowstone show, and therefore I should start with oh, the prequel. that's interesting. I have not yet watched 1883, the prequel. By the way, I'd love to get Taylor Sheridan on. I bet he's a fan. I bet. I bet he's a fan based on the show. Uh, but that uh, Yellowstone show I've caught up on. Now I'm going to pivot to 1883 and see what the latest is there because I have heard the same thing as you, Buck. I have heard that it is absolutely fantastic. Most popular show, by the way, on television right now speaking of popular how about relief factor buck they will help hook us up in a big way if one of your resolutions this year is to get out of pain you're not alone so many americans suffer from chronic pain it happens as a result of aging exercise the kind of work you may be doing or just the effects of everyday life the solution for you may be in one name with two words relief factor Created by doctors and perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Relief Factor was made for you. With four key ingredients, Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product which addresses joint pain, knee, hip, back, neck, and shoulder pain. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. That's a telling statistic. If you started this year in pain and you have a 7 in 10 chance to eliminate it, what do you have to lose? Look, go join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to get the 1995 three-week quick start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800, the number four relief, relief factor. Feel the difference. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Closing up shop today on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, but we obviously are going to have so much to cover later this week. As you know, it's going to be the January 6th extravaganza on January 6th this Thursday over at CNN, the Lib Media. There was actually even an editorial with the title of the New York Times a couple of days ago, every day is January 6th, which is really the mentality of the left. And it's their giant gateway to authoritarianism, of course. They can't trust that the Republican opposition to left-wing policies, to the, the commie takeover of America that's underway right now with this COVID madness, they can't trust that we'll respect the institutions of government. So maybe they just have to weaponize the bureaucracy and government power against dissent. You know, that's something that they're obviously fond of doing already. And we'll be talking to you about that. We've also got some great guests lined up. Clay and I want to talk to you tomorrow a bit about redistricting. I know that doesn't sound, you know, redistricting, you think, ah, it matters a whole heck of a lot. And it's possibly going to determine control of the Congress. And to give you a little bit of a preview where we're going with it, Democrats, no surprise, 
ruthless in whatever is best for them state by state where they'll they'll draw figure eights they'll draw a hippopotamus on the map they don't care as long as it maximizes their number of congressional seats and clay unsurprisingly you get these republicans in the state legislature that are saying oh but you know it's not really fair it's not that's kind of an arbitrary line yeah what's going on in illinois new york and California is those are democratic strongholds and they are uh, they are being incredibly aggressive at maximizing their ability to put people in who are Democrats from those states and cancel out in the process anybody who's a Republican. And this is where I, I just have to kind of step back and I think social media has made it worse, Buck. It's okay when people are mad about some of the choices you make. Let me just make that clear to everybody out there listening. I'm not saying you have to be a direct personal jerk, but we tell you every single day exactly what we think. And not surprisingly, as a result, Buck, there are a lot of people out there that are not particular fans of our opinions. But that's okay. That's how opinions work. If every, if you're constantly in the back of your mind thinking, and I see it all the time with like the Marjorie Taylor Greene, people feel obligated to say, well, I don't agree with everything she says. I don't agree with everything anybody says, right? Even sometimes I'm questioning every day what I'm saying. Hey, am I being this smart? Am I doing the best? Am I looking at all the data? What you have to do is stand for principles. And not try to always equivocate when you're stepping up to what your opinion is. This drive you crazy too. I don't agree with everything. Like the yeah. position is, you shouldn't be canceling anybody, Congressman. Regardless, our, our friend Jesse Kelly, who is another premier host that we've had on before, a friend of Clay and mine. He was actually down in Miami, but he, you know, we we weren't able to link up uh, over the break. He he had a tweet. I think it was a day or two ago, where he said, "The Democrats. This is how they defend their people." And he was sort of you know, mock quoting them. I'll destroy you and everything that you love and hold dear <laughs> if you go after our side and our power. Yeah. The Republican way of defending their people, again, paraphrasing Jesse here, and this is also what you're saying, is, well, look, I mean, I, I don't always think that we should be impolite and we don't want to be harsh. And, you know, I don't I don't like everything this person has said, you know, but maybe we could find a little more of a neutral ground for no, 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 no. We are going into this year is going to be a royal rumble in politics because the Democrats, all they're going to have is underhanded political gamesmanship and nonsense. This is going to be bare knuckle, everybody. Get ready for it because their power is at risk. They know it. They're not going to run on what a great job they've done in the country. They're going to run on the January 6th insurrection, the the constant menace of white supremacy. Uh, you know, D- Donald Trump is actually planning a coup with Russia to overthrow. I mean, they're going to say all this crazy crap and always oh, going to be spreading covid and all this other stuff. And we're going to have to be the defenders of sanity here. We're going to have to be in you know, Freedomville and telling everybody that if you want to join, you're welcome. That's what we're going do to be doing. Do you defend, defend principles or not? Right. And so my position and your position, and I think a lot of people out there's position is big tech shouldn't be in the business of canceling anyone. And they certainly shouldn't be in the business of canceling democratically elected officials when they're allowing the Taliban, for God's sakes, to have accounts. And also when they're allowing the Ayatollah uh, in Iran to have an account. If Kim Jong-un wanted to have a Twitter account from North Korea, they would allow him to do it. I think that is helpful because it provides some ability 
for us in a democratic society predicated on debating ideas and trying to reach the best results to actually see what our politicians believe. Whether you loved or hated Trump on Twitter, you couldn't get on his Twitter feed and not have a pretty good sense of what he thought in a moment-to-moment basis. I kind of wish Biden was actually, we know his staff writes all of his tweets. I, I wish he would actually live tweet just because reading the kind of, you know, bumbling, fumbling, misspelled I don't think nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it would seem like someone who had fallen asleep and slapped their face on the keyboard at work, except Joe Biden would be tweeting it. That's a bit of what we'd be seeing. But folks, that's what we do here. We hold the powerful to account. We speak the truth in the face of lies. We act as revolutionaries in the spirit of liberty day in and day out by refusing to go along with the machine. You could even say we rage against it. Those guys became sellouts, too, by the way. That's a whole other conversation. Although it is, they do have pretty catchy tunes for workout purposes. I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to lie. I, like, I went to go see Rage Against the Machine in the 930 Club back in the day in uh, D.C. One puka the, shell uh, necklace, Clay? Went to see oh, Rage yeah, Against the Machine? Of course I had a puka shell necklace. The little frosted tips? Did we go frosted, frosted tips, Travis? Never frosted the tips. Never dyed the hair. Never got I'm the I'm going to get Mrs. Travis to send in the photos, Clay. We better be honest. I admit to the shell necklace. That's as far as we'll go. <laughs> We're we'll go farther tomorrow, tomorrow, everybody. Thank you. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.